Welcome back to the Unapologetic Me podcast. I'm your host, Kirby, and I'm so grateful that you are here today. On this beautiful day, guess what, everybody? I have made it back to Austin. What a full circle moment. I left Mexico, came to Austin, was in Austin for about five days or so. Drove from Austin to Sedona, then Sedona to Southern California, where I stayed in Ventura for about, I would say, two and a half weeks um, for the holiday, for Christmas. And then from there, I went up the coast of California, back down the coast of California, and into Joshua Tree, and then back to Sedona, where I ended up staying for a week. And then now I'm back in Austin. It feels good to be back. I do like the vibe of Austin, but I'm just not sure if you know like this is fully the place i think that i'm still going to head into mexico although my highest self keeps telling me to be open to plans changing so i don't know if this is because a partner is going to be coming in or whatever it is but either way i am open to what is being guided my way so i am here in austin before i get into this part two q a I just want to fill you in on a couple things in my life. First thing, anyone who saw, I rolled my ankle in Sedona, which, yo, rolling your ankle as an adult, let me tell you. Like, I played sports growing up, but I have not had like a quote-unquote injury or something like this happen as an adult. And let me tell you, it is completely different than when you're a child. I feel like... I don't know, maybe this is why this is kicking me into want to get back a little bit more active, but I felt like it hurt 10 times more and it also made me almost feel low-key a little bit elderly and I was like, what is happening right now? So I rolled my ankle initially when I went to go hike Bell Rock Vortex. There's four vortexes in Sedona, which are just mm, so unbelievably amazing. Like I can't even explain. Like that's why people go to Sedona. That's why it's this super spiritual place because the vortexes there are just intense and they're amazing. They're intense in an amazing way. I mean, the downloads that were coming through were just phenomenal. So what happened when I hiked Bell Rock is when I went to go back to where the my car was, I actually ended up taking this extra long loop that went around and that wouldn't have been an issue. I'm always down for a longer hike, but the problem was, is the sun was setting. So I was going to be in a position where it was going to be really dark out and I don't didn't have a map because I didn't know that I was planning on doing this loop and I had my phone, but it only had like 30% charge on it and I was going to need to use it for a lamp, a light. Because I don't usually do night hikes or anything like that. So it made me really nervous because where I was hiking going around this other side too was that it wasn't like a really defined trail. It was kind of like difficult to see where the trail even was. So it started making me really nervous and I started asking questions to source like, please just get me back safely, get me back safely. But I was trying to beat the time of the sun setting so that I wouldn't be out there in pitch black because also... I've done a lot of hiking in a lot of places, but I don't actually know all the animals that come about in Sedona. I do believe that there are coyotes and other things like that, and I didn't want to be prey to what was coming around. These are all things that you have to be kind of hyper aware of when you're hiking. 
I started running, kind of jogging through this trail. And also for anyone who doesn't know, you know, I do pretty low impact working out at this point in time because I had such bad chronic and adrenal fatigue that my body just hasn't gone back to where I can do high impact stuff. And to be honest, I'm not really sure if I'm ever going to be able to go back and do high impact stuff because I also just don't feel like I want to. I started running. And so I was nearing the end where there was maybe a half a mile left of this trail because I I got to a point where I finally saw a sign and it was telling me where things were and I was like, okay, great. And I also could see the road. So I knew where my car was and I was like, okay, great. I've got a half a mile left. So this is maybe like 10 minutes or something. And I was just really excited and I wasn't even running at this point, but I was laughing and just like having a conversation intuitively with source, like, gosh, this is just so funny, blah, 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 blah. And I just stepped on a large rock because I wasn't looking down. I was just laughing and in my head and rolled my ankle and I literally fell down to the ground. Like I fell. I didn't just like I rolled my ankle and I was like, oh my gosh, Kirby. So it was actually really difficult for me to stand up and even walk after that. Like my my ankle was immediately throbbing and I was like, holy shit, okay, I need to get out of here. I have a half a mile to go and it's pitch black out and I need to get out of here. So I kind of like limped back to my car. I ended up being fine. That night I just elevated it and because I didn't have the energy right then because my foot hurt so bad. This is the downside of being single and not having somebody to kind of take care of you or go fetch things for you. But I didn't have the energy to try and like go buy a wrap from from Walgreens or get anything right then and there because I felt I just felt like I wanted to get back to where I was staying. And so that night I just iced it and I elevated it and I took turmeric, which is an anti-inflammatory, but I slept awful that night. I did not sleep good. And to be honest, while I was in Sedona, I did not sleep good at all. I don't know if it's because the energy was super heightened, but I just did not sleep good while I was in Sedona. So then the next day I went and I got a wrap and what I ended up buying was this natural herb called willow bark and so if you don't know this i don't consume any prescription medications i don't put anything into my body that's not all natural coming from healing from chronic illness i don't want to put toxins into my body and all things that are sold you know like pills that are man-made you know aspirin and ibuprofen and all those things they're man-made they're all based off of natural supplementation where do you think that they get these ideas you know they make a, a copy of something that works in nature so arnica is something that a lot of people take for to help fix issues within their body but arnica actually doesn't help with pain management or inflammation. Arnica helps with just the healing process. And so I personally have never really felt the benefits of Arnica, which the last time that I had taken it, I actually have some of it. The last time I had taken it is when I got my root canals taken out because again, I didn't, they were trying to have me take, you know, have morphine and opioids and all these things to assist with pain management. And I was like, no, I don't take that stuff and they were like what like they couldn't believe that I was gonna try and heal naturally after having these huge teeth taken out of my mouth without having some type of pain meds and I was like no I'm not taking that stuff so I had some arnica from then but it honestly doesn't help with pain management so when I was searching what is best for pain management and I literally intuitively asked source like guide me to what I need to have to assist me with this because it was my last day in Sedona and I wanted to be able to use my leg. I didn't want to have to spend the whole day in bed. And so willow bark is what I found 
And let me tell you, I got this willow bark. What I'll do is I'll leave a link below where you can see exactly which one that I got. And it worked amazing. Within an hour of taking it, I could put my foot down completely. I was able to walk like I wasn't limping. I felt the benefits of this willow bark. And what I learned is that this specific thing that's in the willow bark is literally what aspirin is made based off of. So I knew immediately that it was going to work and it did. It was amazing. The other thing I got was just like an ankle wrap. And so I wrapped my ankle and I was like, I really wanted to go to this one last vortex that day on my last day there. So I wrapped my ankle. I took the willow bark. I also took more of the turmeric. I use this specific turmeric supplement from the band Prana. And honestly, this is the best turmeric supplement I've ever taken. I've taken other ones before and I haven't felt the effects of it, but this one is so, not only does it work really good, but it is super good. It tastes super good. So I'll also link that below if that's something that you're interested in. But I wouldn't recommend the day after you've rolled an ankle going hiking again because what happened was is I went to this next vortex, which was absolutely phenomenal, and I had these this amazing spiritual experience, which I'm not going to talk about on this episode because I have a lot to talk about in this episode. But I had this phenomenal experience, and then I met all these really cool people, and we were chatting and blah, blah, blah. And so then when I went to go leave, again, I wasn't paying attention, and I stepped and rolled the same freaking ankle and I fell down like a six foot ledge as a result of it. It really scared me because I need to prioritize my body and my body was trying to tell me to pay attention and I was just all airheaded because I had just been talking to these people and I just had this spiritual experience and I was having a conversation with Source again and I rolled my ankle, I stepped to the side, rolled it and my body went down and then I fell over a six foot ledge and I'm by myself. I I need to be more careful. I'm by myself. I didn't have a person to help me. And actually, this was right after just seeing the vortex. So I had like a two-mile hike to get back to where my car was. And I could not walk. I could barely walk. I also scraped up my left knee. I ripped my pants. My hands were all cut up. And it just, that one really, really scared me. And then I spoke about this. I can't remember where I spoke about this. I might have spoken about it on IG stories. But asked source like why did this happen and they were like you need to slow down Kirby you're not paying attention you're rushing you're all over the place and like you need to focus on the very minute small things one foot in front of the other you need to slow down and the funny thing is with this is that source had told me a week before I went to Sedona that I needed to buy hiking shoes with ankle support and I've known this and I've known this for a really long time I've actually known this for a long long time because I have been hiking before and I you need to have stabilization of your ankles. I just didn't want to buy those shoes because they're so freaking ugly. And even when I was in Big Sur, I had a conversation with these girls at the top of one of this hike. And I was like, man, I just really hate the way that they look. And they were like, we know, but it's like we need them for our feet. It's so necessary. And it's like I agreed completely with that. But it's like I still kept putting off, putting off, putting off. And so when I had received that download a week before, I said to myself, oh, I'll get hiking shoes when I get to Austin and then I'll have more time and I'll go and I'll find a great pair and blah, 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 blah. But when we see, receive our downloads about doing something, you're not supposed to wait a week. You're not supposed to wait at all. You're supposed to take action on them. The faster that we take action on the downloads that we have, the faster you will see the results of them. And so my high self was trying to help me to prepare me for this potentially happening and it did happen and because I didn't have the right type of shoes on I 
rolled my ankle twice. And the other thing is, is the grip, all these things. It's necessary to have hiking shoes. Like I just was being an ignorant bitch, to be honest. I was like, no, I don't want to wear these. I want to wear my, my Adidas NMDs because I love my Adidas, but they're not good hiking shoes. Like they're not, and they're not safe. And we have to be prepared and precautionary. So get hiking shoes. If you plan on hiking, get hiking shoes. It is absolutely necessary. And in the case of Sedona, I wasn't just hiking through trails, which is like how I have been in other places, which I think wasn't as big of an issue. But in Sedona, you're literally hiking up these rocks and these plateaus and you hiking shoes serve a purpose and you need that purpose of them. So those are the things that I took for it. My ankle is doing amazing now. I mean, it ended up being good because the two days after this happened, I was driving for 18 hours. I drove eight hours the first day to New Mexico and then I drove 10 hours the following day back into Austin. So obviously I wasn't on my foot all day and so my foot was able to kind of rest for the majority of the day, which I also feel like helped the process. But for inflammation, turmeric, the willow bark for pain management, which was amazing. It worked amazing. And then icing it and elevating it and wrapping it. But honestly, if you want to have willow bark in your toolkit for any time that you're having issues with pain and you don't want to have to be leaning on taking ibuprofen or Advil, those things are not good for you. They've been proven to cause a lot of harm to the gut. So just kind of shifting where you're getting your medication from can be really beneficial. And if you have kids, it's safe for kids. You know, these other medications are, they're just not good for you. That's the bottom line. They're just not good for you. This is a really long intro, I'm sorry, but the last thing that I want to talk about is getting out of a funk or if you're feeling waking up and feeling off or feeling uncomfortable. This has happened to me the last couple days because there's a lot of things that are coming up in my own shadow. Uh, what's been coming up, I posted about this on Instagram, but what's been coming up for me personally is frustration, annoy being annoyed, and anger and bitterness towards my mom and my family. And the reason why these things are coming up, and this is, we're in Mercury retrograde, and the reason why... Mercury Mercury in retrograde is a really, really good thing. I think a lot of people have a really negative connotation with Mercury retrograde because you feel like things are going wrong. But ultimately what's happening in Mercury retrograde is that things are being brought forth for you to face them. We have to be pushed. Just like I was saying in last episode, we have to be pushed. And just like all of 2020, which was this huge collective shift, which is why so many people shifted their lives last year, we have to be pushed sometimes to face these things. And so Mercury retrograde every three months is also a huge push for us to face things. I personally haven't had things coming up in Mercury retrograde for quite some time, like where there's been a lot, like four things, like in this case, frustration, annoying, anger, and bitterness. Those are four really big, intense emotions. And any emotions that are coming up for you that cause a trigger or an emotional reaction for you are things that you have denied within yourself in some way, shape, or form, things that you didn't feel safe feeling, things that you are housing within your own shadow. And so it's up to us to clear those things from our own shadows. And that's exactly why I created my membership with the shadow work and the breath work and all these tools to assist you in clearing the body with them. I had a conversation with an Akashic Record reading client the other day where the Reiki that I perform and any energy healing that you have done, those are all great things and they do assist in opening up and clearing energy. But say in the case of myself, frustration is what's coming up and say I only leaned on having Reiki done, which I do my own Reiki on myself and receive the same healing from my Reikis and I love it. Say I have the Reiki done and it helps me start clearing this frustration that I'm feeling within myself. But in your everyday life, if you continue to 
deny or resist or avoid any frustration that's coming up in your life and you don't go in and start doing the deeper shadow work around it, you're going to continue building that frustration within your shadow. I can have Reiki again done again in a couple weeks and can help me clear that frustration, but it's still going to show up in your everyday life because it's something that you're denying within yourself. So if you don't work through these deeper wounds and emotional issues that you're holding on to, they're going to keep showing up in your life. And because there's a lot that's coming forth for me, these things coming up in our lives, you're not being punished, you're not being put down, you're not being shut out. They're coming up to help you evolve. I'm being pushed to the next level in my business and in things that are going on in my life. So in order for me to step step to the next level in my own life, I can't be carrying these lower vibrational energies. I can't be carrying this bitterness, this anger, this frustration. But if I don't work through them, they're going to keep showing up. And what I have learned through doing all of this inner work and doing the shadow work is that when it is being presented to you, the faster that you jump in and start doing some healing around it, the faster that you will heal that uncomfortable feeling that you feel with this emotion. It's a denied aspect within yourself. And we have denied it for any way, shape, or form. For me personally, I never grew up in a household where it was safe to share your emotions. I grew up in a household where everyone choked back their emotions. Nobody spoke about what was going on with them. No one spoke about how they were actually feeling. We just pretended like everything was okay. So yes, I feel uncomfortable with these emotions coming up because... I grew up in a way that wasn't safe to share them. So now my my inner child is like, whoa, why am I feeling this? I need to choke this down. I need to hide this. I need to resist this. No, I need to go in and show and let my inner child know it's safe. You're okay to feel this. You need to release it. And what you don't own owns you. So if I don't work through the anger that I'm holding, that anger is going to keep coming up and having in a controlled aspect in my life and affecting me. And I'm not going to know why it's I'm feeling that way because I'm resisting that within myself. And so again, with the polarity of emotions, when you deny each emotion has a high one and a low one. So again, with anger, I mean... I don't know, the opposite one, we'll just pretend and say that it's happiness. There might be another one that might be around there, but like anger, happiness, whatever. Or maybe anger, acceptance, I don't know. So if you've denied the lower vibrational energy that you're holding within your subconscious, within your own shadow, there's like a little invisible string attached to the opposite one that's the polarity above it. So say in this case, it's happiness. So because I'm clearly, I'm denying this anger, which I didn't think that I was, but we can't deny what's showing up in our life. Clearly, I'm denying it because it's showing up in my life and I'm feeling it within myself. Same thing with bitterness, frustration, and this annoyed, being annoyed. So because I'm denying that anger within me, it's sinking deeper. Imagine it, it's almost like a like an anchor on a boat. It's sinking down deeper within my subconscious and it has an invisible tie to that happiness or that other higher vibrational energy and it's pulling that one down with it. So you'll never fully feel the higher vibrational energy at the level that you could when you are housing and denying a deeper aspect within yourself. You will consistently be pulling both emotions down within you. And that's why it's like this feeling, you know, when you don't feel good, this uncomfortable feeling, it's like in the pit of your stomach because it's like sinking within your own body. But once you start cracking that open and clearing that out, and you know, for me in my case, I'm going in and I'm doing the trigger and the emotional healing 
subconscious journeys to see like why where are these stemming from and in my case they're stemming from specific memories of within my own childhood where I I was upset and I didn't receive the nurturing that I needed I was uncomfortable and I didn't receive what I needed which then again built almost this bitterness within me that like why can't I receive what I need in my life the annoying thing is because somebody told me that I was annoying and so it made me feel uncomfortable thinking that I was this annoying person so I rejected that piece within myself frustration was again because I wasn't in a place of feeling safe of sharing my emotions my inner child became very frustrated and that I didn't know how to be in order to be accepted and it became a frustration thing with me these are all hidden pieces that I'm hiding within myself so those subconscious journeys have allowed me to kind of see where this is stemming from and then the breath work and the somatic shaking those have allowed me to start releasing this out of my body It doesn't take just one subconscious journey or one aspect of breath work to peel these pieces off. It can take multiple depending upon how much you have denied this piece of yourself. But the more that you show up and do it, the easier it becomes for you to work through it. I didn't mean to get into the whole rant about all of that. I was just going to talk about some other physical things that I do to help work through these, which I'll say in a minute. But that's basically what's happening. So if things are coming up for you right now in Mercury Retrograde, there's no better time to dive into shadow work to start seeing where these are stemming from, what you can do to pull them out, what you can do to heal them. That's exactly why I created this membership so that you would have all the tools that you need to heal these wounds that you're carrying, that you're holding within yourself. What I want for 2021 is that everyone is doing shadow work and breath work. Like that is my goal, literally, to have every person in the world doing shadow work and breath work. I know that we want to put it on someone else to heal pieces within ourselves. And the Reiki that I do can assist you in clearing and opening up space, but it also takes you actively showing up for yourself to really clear those wounds and access and see where they're stemming from because until you fully release them out it's like what i'm doing with reiki almost is like imagine that it's in your shadow it's a garden and i'm coming through with reiki and i'm clearing the top of the weed and i'm cutting it the thing is is that the root of that weed is still there and i can't fully clear that root of that weed you have to show up in your daily life and the root of the weed is whatever emotion it is and in my case anger bitterness frustration being annoyed those are the roots that i'm still haven't fully cleared out of my own subconscious and so now into a subconscious journey followed by some breath work to assist the body in purging it out you're starting to see and reshift that momentum of that emotion that you've denied within yourself Energy healers and Reiki work and all those things are really beneficial and they can assist in the process, but they are not the whole process. You've got to be showing up for your own shadow work. No person can clear it for you. You have to do it. I know that we want another person to heal us. We put our things in other people's hands because doing the inner work fucking sucks. And showing up for ourselves and acknowledging and dealing and facing those things is hard. And we want someone else to just take it away from us, but it can't work like that. It takes us taking accountability and being like, okay, okay, this is on me. I can do this. You don't have to do it every single day. Again, with Mercury being in retrograde, things are coming forward and the more that you can do it will be beneficial. But I recommend once or twice a week acknowledging what's coming forth for you. Are you triggered? Are there emotional responses? Are things coming forward? Then you're knowing where to start from. Your emotions are your roadmap. 
and lower vibrational energies are where you know what to face. There's so much spiritual bypass thinking that you can just say the mantras or the affirmations or go to a healer and they're just going to take it away from you. But how are you showing up daily? If you don't acknowledge how things are showing up and what's showing up in your life, you're not going to fully heal those wounds. It's up to each person. And you can't spiritually bypass the inner work. It is a part of each person's purpose to overcome the limiting beliefs and the pains of their past and the traumas that they're carrying. It can be big things and it can be little things. I have a lot of trauma outside of just these denied times in my childhood where I wasn't seen and heard. I have physical abuse. I have sexual abuse. I have mental and emotional abuse. So I get it. I understand if there is a lot of painful things that you have experienced in your life because I have too. But this type of inner work is what has allowed me to completely transform my life. Because I went to other therapists and things and talk therapy and all these things to try and work through all this stuff. I never got anywhere close to the amount of healing that I have from doing this type of work on my own. Never. Never have I. Never have I ever. So I can't recommend it enough. Okay, I went on a whole tangent there and I didn't mean to do that. But here's the other things. When I wake up and I'm feeling uncomfortable, here's some things that I do to kind of start shifting the energy and pull me out of a funk. Obviously, right now with Mercury in retrograde, I'm trying to do all the things to assist my inner child because she's needing some love and support. So yes, I'm doing the journeys and the breath work and the stuff that's in my membership. Again, if you want to get your first month free, you can use code podcast111. I'll also link that below and you can get your first month free of the membership. But What I do is, this just happened today actually, I woke up and I was feeling off. I felt funky. And the more that you get in connection with your body, you know this and you can feel this. So I laid on my prana mat for a little bit and I also did my meditation in the morning on my prana mat. Obviously, I know everyone might not have a prana mat, but I highly recommend getting this if you can. They are an investment because... You know, I think it's like $175 or $200, but honestly, it calms and relaxes the body to go into a parasympathetic state, which means it pulls you out of fight or flight. So my prana mat is something that has been one of my best investments I've ever made, especially, I wish that I would have had this when I was suffering from anxiety because it literally helps calm down the nervous system. You know, when you start feeling like you're getting all worked up. So I laid on my prana mat. I also started, instead of focusing on things that were negative or wrong, I started focusing on some positive things. So where can you put your attention? You may not be able to control exactly how you're feeling, but you can change your thoughts. Bring your mind to some things that you're grateful for, some things that you're happy for, some things that you're thankful to have in your life. Shift your mind there. When I got out of bed, I made sure that I drank some water. And then I, you know, I need some positive reinforcement for myself. So I said to myself, Kirby, you're okay everything's okay. We're working through this. Everything's going to be okay. I'm proud of you. You are strong. You've got this. And I needed to kind of uplift myself. And as I was saying that right now, my, I got full body chills. The thing, other thing that I could do is recommend any type of movement, some type of movement. I'm not saying go run five miles. Turn on some music and just start dancing around. You need to kind of shake and shift your energy so that you're not kind of sitting in this linger, low vibrational state. Turn on some music while you're making breakfast or whatever you're doing and start kind of shifting your energy. If you can at some point that day, doing some type of stretching or some type of activity, even if it's just going for a walk, forward movement, pushing you out, pulling you out of that energetic state, those are some things that I recommend. I obviously 
I did all of those things and I am still going to do the other inner deep inner work stuff to assist me with why are these things coming forward for me. But those are some things that I can do immediately if I'm not able to do inner work in that moment. Those are some things that I can do immediately to get my body back into a calmer, relaxed state because you're feeling overwhelmed or uncomfortable or off because your body's in that energetic state and those things or whatever's coming up for you is coming up because it wants to help you work through it and it's our job to work through the uncomfortable aspects. It's not our job to dismiss and reject and avoid and push them all aside. Those things are going to keep coming back around. If this Mercury in retrograde, I didn't actually face these emotions that are coming forward for me, the anger, the bitterness, frustration, the annoying, if I didn't face those this Mercury in retrograde, They'll come up in next Mercury retrograde. They'll come up at the full moons, at the new moons. They'll come up at any time that they want to because my highest self is trying to help me release them. They will come up. They'll continue coming up. They'll never go away. They're within you, so they're not going to go away. They're just going to keep showing up at different times. And many times, this is what happens. You choke it back. You choke it back. You choke it back. No, I'm not going to feel this anger. I'm not going to feel this anger. I'm not, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you blow up on somebody and you lash out at them and that person didn't do anything to you, you're, it's within you and you're lashing out at them. So you will explode and even with the explosion, you think that it releases out of you? No, it's almost like it imprints it a bit deeper within you and it's still there. So we have these lashing out or, or you get angry at your significant other or your friends or all these things for things that it really has nothing to do with their doing. It has to do with you rejecting something within yourself and it's showing up because you're rejecting it. So that's what's happening. Okay, so this was a huge long intro, which I didn't intend to. I'm gonna jump into the second part of the Q&A at this point in time. Sorry about that long intro, but there was a lot of things that I just wanted to share um, into this week. Please rate and review the show. It really, really helps support my podcast. I There's only so much that I can do in putting out these episodes, but if you rate and review it with a five-star review, you will be entered in to win a free year-long membership into the portal, The Shift, to help you do your own shadow work. I will be announcing this the last week of every single month. So there will be one winner every single month. I just also really, really appreciate it. If you don't want to purchase anything from me, it just supports me in that way and it just helps get my podcast out to more people. I have huge goals for this podcast. I really would like to achieve them this year and that's a way that you can help me do that. So take a screenshot of this. If you like this episode, share it on social media, share it with your friends or your family. That's how I start learning, involving, and growing myself is other people sharing things that they like with me. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. I will reshare everyone on my own Instagram. And that's a way that I can also just show my support and my love for all of you. So let's get back into this second Q&A. There was a lot of questions that have come through and I just want to continue answering them and to give you just a better understanding of who I am as a person and my thoughts and my feelings and my behaviors and blah, 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 blah. So here we go. What are some things that you like? So I think that this would be something that would probably shock most of you, but... I actually am a big sports fan and I, it's funny, I had an Akashic Record reading with a client, I think in December and she was on the East Coast in, I think in Boston. And then I asked her about, you know, the Patriots and Tom Brady and she was like, oh my gosh, I never would have guessed that you knew anything about football. And I'm actually a huge football fan. I've been a huge football fan my entire life. I am a Chicago Bears fan. I don't follow too many of the other sports in the way that I follow football. I think probably because it's much easier to just watch it every single Sunday. But 
I am a huge Chicago sports fan. I'm a huge Bulls fan, Bears fan, the Blackhawks. I'm a Cubs fan. Go Cubs. I literally was living in New York City when the Cubs won the World Series, and it was such a big deal. My debit card actually has the Cubs logo on it. I am a huge sports fan. I love my favorite out of all, though, would definitely have to be the Chicago Bears. I mean, I'm like loyal, ride or die. I do not care. Even when I lived on the East Coast, I never rooted for the New York teams. I went to go see New York teams. I went and saw the Jets and the Giants play in stadium, but I am a Bears fan all day. It's funny, one of my exes, actually, he went to high school with a guy who played on the Jets, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, and we actually went to his wedding. And it was a really wild thing to go to the wedding of somebody who is famous. I mean, I guess he's considered famous. He's very successful and and he played for the Jets the entirety of his career. Um, and there was famous people there, you know, other professional football players. And so that was like a really bizarre thing. But yeah, no, I'm a huge football fan. My favorite color is purple. I don't know if I've ever spoke about that. I love the color purple. I just always have. It's also the color of royalty. I mean, purple. And then the third eye chakra. I mean, yes, purple all day. I really love a good latte in the morning. Matcha. I feel like matcha was is probably my favorite. Although I do like cacao lattes. I also like chaga lattes. I like chai lattes. But lately, I actually have been going back and drinking a little bit more coffee. I've just been feeling coffee lately, and I, I don't know why. I absolutely love coffee, but because of the severe adrenal fatigue that I had had, I cut back on drinking coffee. It's now been two years since I really had cut it out of my life. So now I think having it once a week isn't as bad. But back then, you know, I went like a very long time without consuming it at all. I just honestly love the taste of coffee. Only if it's organic, like really, really good coffee. I'm sorry, if you're drinking like Folgers or Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, that coffee is crap. That's not even coffee. You've got to get you a good organic, sustainable, like fair trade from like Peru or or Colombia, like they've got that really, really, really good coffee and start trying out those coffees. That is where you will drink like, mm, that is like legit coffee. That Oh, so good. I, you know, I'm such a basic woman. It honestly is like the smallest things make me the happiest. Like I, another one of my favorite things is like having an electric toothbrush. Like my electric toothbrush makes me so happy. I've never felt like my teeth were cleaner than using an electric toothbrush. I mean, honestly, it's like the most basic things ever. I don't know what are some of my other favorite things. Maybe I'll think about them and I'll kind of pop back in, but I'm such a basic person. I'm not frou-frou or ritzy. I don't own fancy clothes. I honestly invest my money in traveling and kind of probably supplementation or like good all-natural products like all-natural deodorant and lotions and things like that because I just value and honor my body in that way. Would you ever want your life to go back to before your awakening? It's funny because sometimes it feels like things were a little bit easier before having a spiritual awakening because it's like what you don't know, you don't know. And then when you know, you can't not know. But I always felt unwhole. I didn't feel whole as a person. I didn't feel like I always felt like there was something more. And like since being spiritually awake, it's made my life make more more sense because I know that there's something more and I'm connecting with 
light beings and my higher self and connection with in a much deeper way and it's like it's kind of made things in my life make more sense and I never would have known that prior to being spiritually awake it's also allowed me to navigate my life in this world in a much easier way even just like with this shadow work instead of like you know in the past when a negative or a low vibrational energy would pop up I would be like why is this happening or you know why why does this keep coming up what is going on here and I I didn't have the tools in my tool belt to know what to do with that and so now even just like with that aspect of it knowing like Kirby, it's okay. It's happening because of this reason. And this is what you can do to assist yourself in working through it. And it's like that deeper awareness. And ultimately, spirituality is the utmost, deepest self-awareness and standing in your full authenticity. That is ultimately what spirituality is. It's knowing that it is all within you and that you have the power to create and to live in the deepest connection possible, but it is up to you. It's not worshiping an outside thing. It's recognizing that it's within you and you have the power to do everything that you want within your life. And it is self-awareness. Just like I said, I know when I wake up and I feel off what I can do for my body to assist through that. What is my authentic code? What is who I am as a person Standing in that true strength and authenticity is you being the most spiritual being as well as just loving and accepting others for their authenticity and them being in their true self and worth. You know, there's so much of we judge and compare and and put down other people for not being what we want them to be. It's nobody's job to be what we want them to be. It is our job to be who we are and to just accept others as they are. And when you ultimately realize that almost every person, if they're behaving in a nasty or negative way, it's because they're hurting inside. They're hurting inside and they don't know how to heal and how to work through the things that they're going through. And so they're trying to bring you down because they're in pain. So it's not our job to fix them or change them if we would just start accepting and loving other people and recognizing that every single person is just seeking love and acceptance. And so many people were not seen and heard and given what they needed growing up in their childhoods. And so adults are just neglected children who are still seeking love and acceptance. And, and the more that you realize that and have the compassion for that and start coming from a place of love and guidance to other people, you realize like how much you can change the world within that. And this is why you can't spiritually bypass the inner work. Each one of us is going to raise the consciousness of the planet by facing our own issues, by facing our own traumas, our own past, our own experiences that we are harboring within ourselves. Once you start facing them and clearing them and releasing them from yourself, you're not carrying that within you. Your consciousness is raising, which then shifts the energy around yourself which then shifts the energy around people around you the more that we can go within we can change the world because so many oh i just looked down and it's 3 33 p.m divine source divine because you know people don't want to face their own issues we think that it's on someone else to fix us or you know there's so much anger and rage that's being projected in the world We're just continuing to keep ourselves small and not allowing ourselves to expand, which is stopping us from allowing the consciousness to expand. Luckily, we're in a time where 
So many people are expanding. They're facing, they're going within, they're doing the inner work. And 2020 was an amazing piece to this. We had to be pushed. Our world is behind. We had to be pushed to start facing these harder pieces. And if people wouldn't have been forced to go within their homes this past year, which was mirroring go within yourself and really start looking at the hardships and the things that they were holding within them, it had to be done to start collectively raising the consciousness in a much bigger way. We needed that assistance. And so there are a lot of people who are not running from it anymore. I mean, they think, they say like, oh, I'm spiritual and I'm awake. Well, if you're not doing the inner work, you're not as awake as you think you might be. Because the only way is for you to look within yourself. It's not up to you to look within anyone else and start living a life of consciousness, of light, of positivity, of love. All of that is radiating out of you when you have a healed shadow and you're not trapped and stuck in these lower vibrational energies from your past. Although it may feel and seem like it may be easier to go back and live life that way, no, because I felt so uncomfortable in my own body and I always felt like I just wasn't accepted, I wasn't seen, I just felt like there was something more and I wouldn't want to continue living a life not knowing myself at the deepest level that I know myself now. I think that's ultimately what it was. Have people ever told you you sound like Khloe Kardashian? Okay, this has come up recently on TikTok and then I posted it on Instagram and people said, yes, you do sound like Khloe Kardashian. I had, I don't think I sound like her, but I don't freaking know. I guess clearly I do because people are saying that. I just think it's hilarious. I don't know. I never in my wildest dreams would have guessed that. Um, but yeah, I guess clearly I do because people have said that. What do you think of the injustices in the USA? So I'm obviously white. I'm very, very white. I mean, I'm like Irish, Polish, Swedish. I'm all the ishes. I'm very white, dark hair, freckles, green eyes. Although I didn't grow up privileged because I didn't come from a wealthy family. I didn't come from money. You know, I didn't grow up privileged. I understand and recognize that I have white privilege because I was born white and I was born into a country that praises and promotes white people and discriminates other people of color. I am not delusional or ignorant to that or think that that doesn't happen because it does. I also grew up in an extremely diverse town. I'm talking a lot of black african-american a lot of latino there's a lot of mexicans specifically in the town that i grew up in i didn't grow up and go to a really positive school i went to public school my entire life my public school was not a great school it was we had deans and detectives that were at our school that had to roam the halls when we were in between classes to make sure things were safe there was a lot of gang fights and they had to change like our football games from being on Friday nights to Saturday afternoons because there would be gang fights and shootings and stabbings. There was not like I didn't grow up in a really great town or school. And and the way that I grew up was a lot of interracial couples. Um lots of blacks dating whites, whites dating Asians, Mexicans dating blacks. Mexicans dating Asians, Mexicans dating whites. There was a lot of interracial. All of my friendships 
and people in my friend group were all in interracial relationships. And the majority of them from high school have married in interracial relationships. That was a very, very big norm for me. And I really appreciate where I grew up because it allowed me to experience the real world where there is diversity. And so when I moved to New York City when I was 20, I didn't feel uncomfortable being around all these different races because that's how I had grown up. There was a few friends that I had in New York City who were from Pennsylvania and they were like, yeah, you know, we went to an all white school. And like, I don't, I don't know what that's like. I have no idea what that's like because I grew up in a very diverse community which is amazing in my opinion and I think that that again like made me very comfortable for the real world my first boyfriend was black he was african-american he actually grew up more privileged than I did he grew up in like a gated community in a very fancy town not like the town that I grew up in he what he grew up in a town where he was one of the only black people in his school and there was all white people. And I grew up in a town where it was a very mixed group of people in my school. Um, My second boyfriend, he was Jamaican, 100% Jamaican. He was born in Jamaica and moved to the States when he was four. And so he was very dark skinned, very, very dark skinned. My first boyfriend was much lighter skinned. I did experience a lot of things through them through dating somebody who wasn't a white person. My first boyfriend, he moved to New York City. He was a music producer. That's honestly kind of how we connected because I had always wanted to move to New York City. And then when I met him and he spoke about moving to New York City, I had never met anyone else who wanted to leave that town and or like go to New York City. And so it was like a big thing that like attracted me to him. Um, But, you know, this was in 2006. He moved to New York City and... He, we were long distance for a good portion of our relationship and I continued to live in Illinois close to my family and was going to school for fashion design and he was in New York City and he was coming back one time to, to come visit. I think it was around the holidays. I can't really remember. And he was going to take a bus back because we were broke back then and, you know, it was too expensive to have a plane ticket. So he was going to take a bus back. He went to the ATM in Port Authority, which is one of the huge bus hubs it's like one of the biggest bus hubs I think on the east coast but in New York City clearly and he took out like a hundred dollars to go pay for his bus ticket to come back and one of the bills that was taken out was they thought was counterfeit so what recently happened with George Floyd is very similar to what happened to him because he hundred dollars and it was like one bill was a twenty dollar bill when he went to go pay for this ticket the person looked at him and was like this is a fake bill and he was like well I just took it out of the ATM right there which was literally like 20 feet from where he was and they were like you have a you're trying to pay with counterfeit bills and this and that and da 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 and literally a squat team there in Port Authority came up surrounding him and he got down on his hands his knees with his hands on his head and they were all holding guns to him believing that he was doing fraudulent things almost exactly like what happened with George Floyd where I think it was counterfeit money or something that happened with that or whatever and my boyfriend at the time he told me that he just started praying to God like please protect me and help me get through this Ultimately, they luckily, they didn't end up shooting him, but he then was put in like a holding cell or this or that. And then it came back that 
the money wasn't counterfeit. And they were wrong. They never apologized to him. They never did anything. That He missed his bus coming back. And he then had to go through this traumatizing experience. Um, basically because he was black. That's why this happened. That's why I know this happened. Because I remember having that conversation with him after that. Because I'm the one who picked him up from the bus when he came back. And we just cried in each other's arms. And... There was nothing that I could say that could take that away from him. I know that I will never understand it in the way that he experienced it. And I also knew in my heart that that would never happen to me. I knew that that would never happen to me ever. And that was one of the hardest parts of like really recognizing and knowing my white privilege there that that would not happen to me. And that wasn't the only time that he actually was held at gunpoint wrongfully. And I know it was because of his skin color. He grew up, quote unquote, more privileged than I do. Who grew up in a family that had more money than I did? He got a better education than I did. But because of his skin color, none of that mattered. Like he was always held accountable because of his skin color, not because of his actions. And I just, I knew that even in times where I thought about this recently because I got pulled over in Joshua Tree and I don't even know why I got pulled over. Oh, I got, it was so stupid. This cop was following behind me and there was no reason for him to pull me over, but it was late at night and obviously my car is like jam-packed full of all my stuff. And he came up, he didn't even come up to the driver's side window. He came up to the passenger side and he was like, did you know that your license plate light is out? And I was like, oh no, I didn't realize it. He was like, okay, you know, like whatever, license and registration or whatever. I didn't even have my insurance card on me. I don't even have it printed out. It's like in my phone. I just gave him my license. He went back, he did his things and he came back and he's like, okay, you're fine. Let's go. And like in that moment when that happened, I knew that how lucky I was that this white cop pulled me over and that nothing happened. And I know that that isn't the case with people of color. And I just, it breaks my heart knowing that. I my One of my nephews, he's also part black and I don't know how his life will be different than mine was because he is a person of color um even in the case of one of my siblings boyfriends he used to get pulled over all the time and he always would get taken in and somebody would have to come and bail him out and there's other times where he would go to court as a result of being pulled over or this or that and he would always dress very preppy and quote-unquote more white like than more of his style and the judges would always let him off when he portrayed an image that was looking more put together and more quote-unquote white than what if he would have gone in there in his own style which is totally fine and they would always cut him some slack because he presented himself in a way of not looking like a quote-unquote thug or something like that and I just I've watched this in my life happen in front of my eyes. It's not that I've just seen this on TV. It's like I've known people in my personal life who've been wrongfully held at gunpoint. I've known people in my personal life who've wrongly, wrongfully been convicted for things because of their the color of their skin. I've known this personally. And so the injustice in the United States, it's real. It's a huge problem and it's disgusting and ridiculous that here we are in 2021 and this is still the case that's going on. It's it's just ridiculous that there is no standards to even become a police officer in this country. 
and that basically you can go through a six-month training and you can be the most racist, disgusting son of a bitch out there and you can become a police officer and then the way that you will enforce the law will benefit your belief systems, which isn't the way that our law should be held up. There also is laws that specifically that go against people of color and it's it's just it's a disgrace and it's ridiculous and i i'm grateful the way that i grew up to be able to see this on a much deeper level um but i'm not okay with the fact that this is still a problem in our country and the way that i've been my entire life i've dated people of all races you know my third boyfriend he was dominican i've also dated white guys like i've dated people because i don't date people for the color of their skin i date people for their soul like i date people based off of the person that they are the people that we are is not our skin color or our race the people that we are is who we are on the inside and that is how i date people which is why i date a wide array of people it's unfortunate that there is still so much injustice for people of color in this country And it's funny because I was just listening to a podcast episode with the woman. I can't remember her name. I think it's, she was crazy eyes on Orange is the New Black. And I can't remember her name, but she's Nigerian and she grew up in a white neighborhood, I think in Boston or somewhere above in those areas. And her mother made a comment to her when she was growing up that I never knew there was a problem being black until I moved to the United States. And oh man, I could get so emotional talking about this right now because when I heard her say that sentence, it just broke my heart because you shouldn't feel bad about your race at all. But like the United States is messed up. We are messed up. Our policies and things like, it is really messed up. Like people are people. And we are just beautiful divine souls in these bodies that we are basically renting while we are here on earth and there is no reason why people should not have the same rights no matter what race gender or anything that you are and it breaks my heart that here we are in this world and that's still the case and I actually hate sometimes being white because of the privilege that comes along with it and I don't think that I deserve to have it because I'm no better than any other person. I'm no better than any other race. And I hate that that is some stigma that's tied to with who I am as a person because we are all equal and we deserve to have the same rights and responsibilities and capabilities in this country and in every country. And the fact that that's not the case breaks my heart. I I honestly believe integrity is everything and I'm somebody who... I really, really dislike when people question my integrity or they think that they know me based off of whatever. You know, so many people um, have made comments my entire life believing that I came from a wealthy family because of how I carry myself. And I constantly have to remind them, like, I'm self-made. Like, that's not the case. Nobody handed me a one-way ticket. I have made this on my own. But my integrity really of who I am as a person and how I treat others is something that is so important to me. And I had a download about integrity, which really rocked me. This was when I was in Austin last September. And it said, the download was, there is no ego in integrity. It's coming from a place of purity for the greatest good. Integrity is true authenticity. 
And this is something that I, like my integrity has been so important to me my entire life because I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk and I do things and show up when nobody is looking. And I believe that that's when it's really the true integrity of who you are as a person. So me speaking about this race thing and all of these aspects and how I feel and have seen it my entire life, maybe the first time that you're hearing me speak about that. I don't speak about it often because I show up daily backing that. There are so many things that you'll never see or you'll never hear about me because I don't do them to share them with the world. I do them because I know it's the right fucking thing to do. And I know I'm getting so emotional talking about this right now because it is who we are as people and how we should be showing up in the world. And I show up and back this with my actions always. And so when people question my integrity, I know that they don't know who I am because they think that they can judge me based off of some assumption that they have in their head. And it's not true. So many times I show up in the world because I know it's the right thing to do. And I know that if it was somebody that I know or someone who was close to me, that that's what I would do for them. So I show up in the real world in that way because I would want somebody to show up in that way for myself. And I believe in helping and serving the world in that way. And this is before I even was spiritually awake or anything like that. I have always done what is right. You know, I'll give you a couple examples, but this happens so often that there's just hundreds of times that I will never speak about with any of you because I really value and honor showing up and doing the right thing, whether people see you or hear you doing it or not. And this is why I don't talk about it because I don't do it to be seen. I do it because it's the right thing to do. So one time when I was living in New York City, I believe I was like, actually, this was when I was like 26 years old and I was dating my third ex and we were walking to go somewhere and it was raining out, it was horrible. And this family, their apartment was on fire and they were in this Dunkin' Donuts and they had like, you know, no coats or things like that. And it was like this cold day out. And I literally, there was this woman and she was holding her young daughter. She must've been like two years old. And you know, the other kids were in there and, and I literally took off my socks. I was wearing these like tall knee high, really like fuzzy warm socks. I took off these socks and I put them on these baby's legs because the baby had no like, you know, needed something to keep it warm. And, and the woman was so grateful and appreciative and, you know, the family. And it's like, I couldn't even go on and like order my coffee from Dunkin' Donuts or get whatever I was going to get there because it's like the reality of the world is like this family was suffering. And yes, I provided, I gave these socks to like do something for them, but it just felt like, how can I just go on with my day when this family may have just lost everything that they have had? Other times I have walked around giving food around New York City to um, people. I always am giving money. I always will go in and buy food or warm drinks for people who are out and homeless. Another people that I knew, their their apartment burned down too. This was another, this is when I was my early 20s. This is when I was like 20 years old. And I literally gave them my comforter for my own bed because they they had just lost everything. They didn't even have anything warm. And I was like, I'll just figure it out on my own. I gave them my own comforter. Like, I, I guess I'm just literally the type of person who will give 
the shirt off my back to help other people. And I think about it like, well, what if that was somebody that I know? Like, I would do the same thing for them. I will do what's right. It's not always about just giving money. It's about doing the right things for people. Um, recently, this happened actually when I was in Austin in September. And this is when there was a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff happening. And um, I went to Target to get whatever, who freaking knows. And I, when I was leaving Target, there was these two very large white cops and there was this really small young black man and he was young. He was like 18 years old. And they were like searching his car and like all this stuff. And I didn't, I felt uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't, this, something feels off here. I don't feel right about this. And so I sat in my car and I kept kind of watching what was happening over there. And I said intuitively to myself, you know, I'm going to make sure this kid's okay because I don't know what's going to happen here. And like, nobody is here with him and I want to make sure that he's okay. And so I literally stayed for 45 minutes in that parking lot to see what would happen with this young kid. And so the cops went back into their car and then I pulled my car around to where they were because they weren't like in the front of the store he was like parked in a parking spot which is why it felt so off and I got out of my car and I walked up to him he was such a tiny young man I'm 5'7 he was shorter than me he was probably like 5'5 he was super skinny young kid and I said hi you know how are you and um, I was like I just wanted to let you know that I don't know what's going on here but I just wanted you to know that you have somebody in your corner like I don't know what's happening. I don't know if you're in the wrong, but I felt very uncomfortable and I didn't feel like what was going on was right. And I just didn't want you to be left alone in this situation, not having somebody to have your back um, because of what's going on in this world. And I want you to know that you're not alone in this and that you do have people who care about you and want to make sure that you're okay. And he looked at me and he, like, he almost started crying and he was just like, wow, like, Thank you so much because I can't imagine, you know, being 18 years old, being this tiny young guy and what's going on in the world. And the, the white cops who were there, they were these huge, like over six feet tall, big buff guys. I can't imagine the fear of always thinking that you're just going to be wrongfully convicted. He, he looked like he was just terrified, honestly. And he was like, thank you so much. And he's like, can I give you a hug? And I was like, yeah. So we hugged it out and we had this really beautiful moment. And I was like, you know, is something going to happen? Can I do something for you? You know, are you going to be stuck here? Like what's going on here? And he's like, no, everything's going to be okay. Everything's fine. Um, You know, blah, blah, I don't even know, blah, 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 blah. I just said to him like, you know, people are people and this world isn't going to change until we start standing up for our brothers and sisters. And I understand in the black community, you call you can call male and women, men and women, uh, brothers and sisters, but that's not what I was intending in that moment. I honestly was saying, as human beings, we are all brothers and sisters and we need to start banding together and taking care of each other in that way. Like if that was my brother, I would do the same thing. Like if that was somebody that I knew, I would do the same thing. And instead of looking at situations like that and judging them and putting them down and questioning them, we need to start standing up for what is right and doing the right thing. And he and I hugged again and it was just a really beautiful moment. And I'll never forget because that night, 
actually not that night. I didn't talk about it that night on social media because again, I don't do these things, but then it was like a week later and I think I made a post about it. I spoke about it on IG story and I had this white woman come at me being like, you know, I used to, I followed you because of blah, 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 blah. But after that police story, like you're ridiculous and da, 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 da. And this, that, and the other. And I was just like, I can't even believe the anger and the rage that this white woman has because I defended a black person. I stood, I stepped up to take care of somebody in that way. And they think that I am so wrong for doing that. And it just made me so angry at the ignorant white people who honestly in my opinion, do think that they are better than people of color. And it just, I couldn't believe that there are people who genuinely feel that and believe that in their core. And I know that there is it. And it just, and I said to her, I was like, please unfollow me. If you think by me stepping in and doing that is so wrong, don't follow me because I'm always going to stand up for what is right. And in that moment, what I did was right. And I became an ally and I I'm not I don't want that's why this whole thing that happened where so many white people on social media were posting the black squares and all these things I don't want you to talk about it I don't want you to post a black square and claim how you're there for the black community but then when you're presented with situations like that in real life you don't show up as a human being I want you to show up. Your actions should be backing what you're saying. I want you to show up and show the community and the world that like I've got your back. I don't want you to hide behind your freaking computer screen and put a stupid black square up there and say like, I'm here for the black community. No, fuck you, you're not. I'm so tired of white people doing the things because they think it makes them look right instead of actually taking the action to do what's right. Do what is right. Do it because it's right. Don't talk about it because now it's something in the public eye. Now it's like all these people who did that stupid, but I refused to post that black square because I, I could see right through the whole thing of it. And now all those same people, they've gone on living their life and you know saying that they've got this support for the black community. And it's like, you didn't do anything. Yeah, I just, my actions in real life back up my opinions and my voice and my stand in equality for the world. I don't talk about it. I I really very rarely talk. There's so many things like one of my favorite podcasts is Wrongfully Convicted, which is almost always black men who are in prison for 20, 30, 40 years on a wrongful, they're wrongfully convicted for something and they're serving a life sentence and then they get out, you know, because of this, that, and the other. I've always donated to that community because I believe in helping these people. Our justice and judicial law system is wrong. It's corrupt. It is corrupt. And not just 20, 30, 40 years ago when these people initially went into jail and there was so much white supremacy and wrongful conviction that was happening, but it's still like that. It's still happening to this day. It is. And... I have a huge problem with it. And so I fully support that community. And listening to that podcast is so difficult. And it always has made me recognize even further my own privilege in these types of situations. It really, really has. So all I can say is, is that every person should be coming from this type of place of integrity and doing what is right, not because of 
somebody's race or the way that you're going to look or doing it because you're going to tell people. Like I just explained five or so scenarios. This is something that happens all the time and my actions back it up every time. I never hide behind or sit back or run away from these difficult situations. I step in because I'm doing what I know is right in my heart and I am not going to run away from them. And I know that I would want somebody to do that for me. And if that was somebody that I knew, I would want somebody to do it for them. And so I just want to ask you to look at life in a different way like that and doing what you know is right and be willing to go down because you knew it was right. Like be willing to take the bullet. Like be willing to be arrested yourself. Be willing to stand up for somebody because it's the right freaking thing to do. And you would want somebody to step in and stand up for you. View the world in a different way and start looking at life that way because I promise you, it will leave you knowing in your heart and core that you're doing the right thing. And it's not difficult to find these situations. Like they're happening all the time everywhere. It's just a matter of you showing up in that way. And that is how I continue to not only serve myself but to serve God and source and this world and knowing that I'm coming from a place of love and helping and serving the community and by me taking those actions is me doing that I didn't intend on going on you know this whole thing about that but it just happened so there we go have you always been spiritual so no It's funny because I've always had a really deep connection with God, but I never really understood or knew how to do that within the Catholic Church because I grew up within the Catholic Church. Like, I always had this really deep connection and I always have been highly intuitive, even though, like, it's something that was really difficult for me growing up because I didn't grow up in a family that kind of supported or promoted that. But I always like felt this. I also have been highly sensitive my entire life. And I'm not saying that you have to be highly sensitive to be a spiritual person, but most highly sensitive people are. And they're also empaths. And it does make it difficult to be here on earth. But I always have been highly sensitive. I remember when I was in, because I went to Catholic, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I went to like Catholic classes growing up and they were called CCD. And I was like seven years old and there was something that they were teaching us and it didn't make sense. And so I asked, like the teacher or whatever, I said, well, why is that? And this is also something that you should know about me is that I ask a lot of questions. If I don't know the answer to something, this isn't just as a child. Like I did this a lot as an adult. Even when I was at Ralph Lauren, it was funny because my boss always used to be like, Kirby, you always have such good questions. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to come up with them. I genuinely want to know the answer. I don't, I'm intrigued. I want to know the answer to this. I asked this question like, well, why is that? And I was seven. And the teacher was just like, Kirby, We don't ask questions. That's just the way it is. And I remember thinking at seven, like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like that there has to be an answer for why something is that way. And I don't know if it's just because the teacher didn't know it or, I mean, I do feel like that's a lot of the ways that the Catholic church is and many other organized religions in that way. It's like, they just want to make you believe that that's the answer and like, don't ever question it. But I always question everything if something feels off. When I kind of fell out of the Catholic church, you know, when I was like in my early 20s and then I started kind of following Christian church a bit more because Christian church was a little bit more open where it didn't feel as 
disconnected from my world as it felt with the Catholic Church. But there was still always this like disconnect that I had like where I didn't fully like understand many aspects of the religion part of it. So then when I had my bigger, deep spiritual awakening, I realized that I can have this beautiful relationship with source. I don't need to have all of the stipulations as a religion does. And so that has just enhanced and deepened my relationship with source and allowed me to really fully have this really beautiful relationship in that way. And now I just... I'm deeply spiritual and I I think the biggest thing of why I kind of wanted to even open up with like these Q&A podcasts for you to see that I'm still a real human. Like I'm a normal person. You know, I like sports and I like avocado toast and I like all these things, but you can still be a very deeply spiritual person on the flip side of that. You don't have to look a certain way and be a certain way to be a spiritual person and have this deeper connection with your highest self and with source. Like you're meant to be exactly who you are. You're meant to wear the hair you like, wear your makeup the way you like, dress the way that you like, have the tattoos or all the things that you want that really shows who you are as a person, your true authentic self, and still have a very deep spiritual connection. Because your connection, your relationship with source is your relationship with source. And that's all that matters. You're not supposed to look a certain way. And I had a really tough time with this when I kind of fell in and had this spiritual waking because I, I felt like I don't look spiritual enough. I like had such a hard time with that thinking like I have to look this type of way in order to be accepted, in order to you know be a spiritual person. I've got to look this way and I... I don't know. I just had this thought of like what a spiritual person looked like. And I was like, well, I'm not that person. And then Source was like, Kirby, you're not supposed to be that person. You are supposed to be you. You are supposed to be your true authentic self and have your relationship with Source and share that connection with the world so that other people can see that they can have as deep of a spiritual connection as well and be their authentic selves. So it's not about looking a certain way. It's about being who you are and also daily showing up, having that relationship. A big piece of who I am and my place here in the spiritual community is to really modernize spirituality as well as modernizing the shadow work. As I've said before, spirituality is true self-awareness and authenticity and your own personal connection with your highest self and source. That's honestly what it is. That is spirituality. And continuing to come from a place of light and love and sharing that in the world and removing the ego and that you're not better than others and you're not supposed to be a certain way. There is no certain way in spirituality. There's no right way that you're supposed to be. If you are coming from your heart, if you are truly in your authenticity and living a life coming from that place, that is all that it's supposed to be and you're not supposed to look in a certain way you're not supposed to be a certain way you are supposed to just deepen your connection with yourself and with source what was the hardest part about depression for you oh man you know i'm going to be doing a, a depression episode coming soon anxiety and depression to talk about it for me the hardest part for me was two things When I took antidepressants, I had suicidal thoughts all the time. That was very difficult. And I knew that they weren't 
myself. They were because of the medication that I was on, but they, nonetheless, they were very scary. And second to that would be just literally not being able to recognize myself and feeling zero desire to live anymore in this world and not feeling any ounce like myself at all. Like, I just had no care for anything in the world and that wasn't intentional. It's just the depression had overtaken my entire body and I just felt like, what's the point of even being here? And so I just remember feeling like an empty shell of a person. That's how I felt. Like I just felt numb to the world and like I didn't care about anything and nothing mattered. That that was the hardest part for sure. What are some of the supplements that you are taking? I'm going to do an episode on this too to kind of talk about the health stuff that I'm currently taking now just because I feel like it'll be way too long. This is already going to be a long episode. So I'll do another one where I'm also a separate one specifically talking about that. Do you wish you were still a designer? No, not in the way that it was before where, you know, at these companies and it was awful, but I will be having my own line in some way, shape, or form in the future moving forward, but it will be sustainable and, you know, locally sourced and made, and I'll probably, it'll be around linen or something like that, you know, I don't know, probably around you know, more just like basics, but things that really just align with who I am as a person. I do think that I would like to do that. I would like to have my own type of store where I'm really selling like homemade organic candles and bath salts and, you know, sustainably made, you know, clothing or things like that, or even like sheets or towels and stuff like that, where it's getting made, you know, by people who are getting paid a fair price and, and it's investment pieces. That's I feel like that'll be something that I'll probably do within the next five, 10 years or so. We'll see, you know, as I'm like having, building a family and stuff like that, that's something that I would like to do. So that isn't something that I'm completely closing the door on, but the way that the industry was before, no, I would not. And the things that I know about the fashion industry, none of you would even buy any of the things that you bought if you knew the things that I knew. So it's just a gruesome, disgusting industry. That I, This isn't a question, but you have changed my life. You know... I feel honored to help so many people and I feel honored to actually have the strength to be where I'm at in life to show up in the way that I'm showing up because I had so much fear even around creating this podcast. I I didn't know what to do and you know I had to overcome a lot of my own roadblocks but I'm really happy that I've found my voice and my place and I'm living my dharma and I'm able to help so many people in so many ways and I honestly feel honored to be able to do that for people and I can only hope that I can continue doing that moving forward in this world. What are some things that people might not know about you based off of how you show up on social media? You know, I feel like I do show up on IG stories like this. It's kind of hard to show up on TikTok like this. I feel like maybe you kind of get a good vibe of my personality here on the podcast, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm really goofy and funny and silly Like I'm very laid back and I don't take life too seriously because I know how short life is, but I'm just like a really silly, goofy person. I'm super sarcastic. I have a sharp, quick tongue where I can like clap back really quick, 
with like a response to things, not like in a negative way, but I've got like an answer, you know? I'm really, really sarcastic in that way and I like to shoot the shit and kind of like bust people's chops and just kind of like be goofy. I'm also, like I don't care what other people think of me, so I... This is when I knew that my anxiety and depression and and a big piece that had come with that and with my chronic illness was social anxiety because I have never cared what people have thought about me. But when I was really deep in being sick and not being well, I was so fearful out in public that like I was so uncomfortable around other people. This huge social anxiety had been built within me. And I have always been the type of person where like I'll be in the grocery store and I'll like sing at the top of my lungs and somebody who's with me, they'll like get embarrassed by it or I'll like dance really funny on somebody, even if I'm like out, you know, wherever or I'll, I'll just do like funny, goofy things. And sometimes I kind of like to make people uncomfortable just because I just think it's hilarious. Like one time when I was living in New York City, this is in the end of my years living there. Or no, I don't think I was even living there anymore. I think maybe I went back to go visit my one friend. I can't even remember, but we were walking. And if you haven't ever been to New York City, it's so busy. There's people around all the time, everywhere. And we were walking on this one street corner and I was with her and her husband. And I just turned and looked at her and I screamed really loud, like, I'm pregnant. And everybody like on the street corner just turned and looked at me and they looked, they both turned and looked at me and they were like, Kirby. Like they were so uncomfortable, but I just thought it was hilarious. Like I'm, that's the kind of person that I am. I'm a really silly, goofy, funny person that way. Uh, The other thing is, is I swear like a sailor. I swear pretty often I feel like sometimes I swear here on the podcast, maybe a couple times during each episode, but I swear a lot and I don't feel bad about that. People have made me feel bad, tried to make me feel bad about that my entire life and I literally don't care. Zero fucks given, to be completely honest. I just don't care. It's who I am. And you know, a person who's really expanded me and made me feel better about this is Gary Vaynerchuk, I think that's his name. People call him Gary V, but he swears all the time. And people still like to give him a ton of shit for it. But he's like, this is who I am. If you don't want to hear what I have to say, don't listen to me. He's like, this is who I am. I like to swear. I don't care. And like, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, this is who I am. I don't care. (laughs) Like what you say, you might think that swearing makes you look a certain type of way or makes you sound uneducated. Like, I honestly don't give a fuck if that's what you think. If you don't want to swear, it's your life. You don't have to swear, but I personally swear. And I just, I'm done feeling bad about it. And it's it's really in the last two years where I've just been like, this is who I am. If it's not, doesn't resonate with you, great. I'm very professional, like in my Akashic Record readings and all these things, and even here on the podcast, I do tone it down a lot. But in real life and with people who know me, I swear a lot and I just don't care. It's That's who I am. No one's ever... The people who are in my life now, they don't make me feel bad about it or shame me for it or shun me for it. It doesn't make me any less than a person. It doesn't make me bad. I don't believe that swearing is sinning. I think that that's one of the stupidest things that religion has imprinted on people that they've created these words and that makes it a sin. It's just ridiculous the way religion has really manipulated people's minds around things like that. Swearing is just a piece of who I am and I, I just have no shame around it whatsoever. 
What are some of your guilty pleasures? Okay, honestly, I realize this. So this is the thing. When I'm like driving and doing these long drives that I've been doing, number one, I hardly ever eat junk food, but it's like all I want is junk food when I'm on these drives. Like I want French fries or I want chips. One of my favorite chips is salt and vinegar chips. Like, oh my gosh, I don't even buy chips because I will eat the whole bag in one sitting. Like chips are a huge guilty pleasure for me. So salt and vinegar chips and also probably corn chips. I grew up eating corn chips. So I think people refer to them as Fritos, but literally my mom would buy them from Aldi. That's where we bought all of our groceries from and they were literally called corn chips. So corn chips and salt and vinegar chips are my guilty pleasure. Like that's my guilty pleasure. On top of that, I hardly ever watch TV, but Schitt's Creek, if you have not watched Schitt's Creek, it is the funniest show ever. So sometimes if I'm feeling really off and I need to watch something to kind of like bring some more lightheartedness to me, I'll watch Shit's Creek and I just can't recommend it enough. And they recently, all of the episodes became live on Amazon Prime. So I highly recommend that for you to watch. It's so funny. Do you have a story behind your name? So for anyone who doesn't know, Kirby literally is my name. <laughs> my name is Kirby Allison Buds, Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N. I I wish that I had some cool story behind my name, but I literally don't. My parents were going to name me Mackenzie, actually, and they didn't know that I was going to be a girl because back then in the 80s, people didn't get ultrasounds unless there was like an issue with your pregnancy. So my parents didn't even know I was going to be a girl, but they were going to name me Mackenzie, which I could have seen myself as a Mackenzie and maybe being called Mac or something like that as a nickname. My mom had seen the name Kirby in movie credits. She said that she used to always watch the end of movie credits to get ideas for names. And I'm the only person in my family with a weird name. Like my two older sisters' names are Ashley and Kelly. Like the most normal, you know, Irish American names, Ashley and Kelly. And then my younger siblings' names are Sean, Jillian, and Dan, Daniel. But I'm like dead center, like Kirby. Like no one else in my family has a weird name except for me, which is why I'm so fucking awesome, you know? So they were gonna name me Mackenzie. They had seen the name Kirby on a movie credit. When I came out, my mom held me and she was like, no, this is Kirby. And like, that's how I got my name. I, I wish that it was something more cool than that. For almost the entirety of my life, up until I was like, I believe in my early 20s, Kirby was only in baby books under boys. And so I actually still receive mail to this day to Mr. Kirby Buds. And a lot of times like when I go or I have a reservation or if I put down to like pick up food or something and I say my name is Kirby, when I show up, people are still really shocked that it's me. They, I think, are assuming a man to show up. They'll be like, you're Kirby Buds? And I'm like, yeah, hi. And so I still get a lot for it. People are really surprised that my name is Kirby. I will tell you all something if you wanna know. So I don't like nicknames. I really like being called Kirby. I don't like being called Curb or Kerbo or whatever. Like for my whole life, whenever I would meet somebody new or I would be in a new like interaction with people, within five minutes of meeting them, they would be like, hey, Curb or Kerbo, Curbster, Kerberina, Kerbella, whatever. And like, I just, I don't want to be called that. I think my name is different enough enough as it is. My name is Kirby. Why can't you just call me Kirby? Like even when I was a designer at Ralph Lauren, the president 
like the second week that I worked at the company, I saw her in the hallway, the president of our division, and she was like, hey, Kerbo. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you calling me that? And recently when I was in Mexico, I met this couple at this um, restaurant. We were chatting at like the bar area or whatever. Within five minutes of me meeting these people, the the guy was like, yeah, Curb. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I just think that that is the weirdest thing ever. Like if you met, if I met you, at a bar or a restaurant and your name was Ashley and two minutes later I'm saying hey Ash like you don't even know me what makes you think that you can like call me a nickname and also like why why like why I just want to be called Kirby my name is Kirby I actually it has taken me a long time to embrace and accept my own name I had so much shame my entire life around my name I've got made fun of my entire life because of my name. Kids are so awful and mean and I hated it so much. If you ever meet me, please call me Kirby because I don't want to be called anything else. And I've had to be very firm on this just with a lot of people and people still do it to this day. And I get tired of telling them, no, I don't want to be called that. But like, just call me Kirby. That's it. I want to be called Kirby. My name is Kirby. I don't know. I just don't think that it's weird to want to be called your name. Did you share a room growing up? Yes, I did. I shared a room with two of my sisters. My I grew up in a house where we only had, we had four bedrooms. So one of the rooms was my parents. And there was one room that was really tiny, like a really, really, really small room, like maybe eight feet by eight feet, which is really small. My oldest sister, she had that room. And then me and my one older sister and my youngest sister, us three shared a room and then the two boys shared a room. So I shared a room with two girls. I absolutely hated not ever having my own space growing up. I also hated that I always had to be sharing everything with everyone. You know, I was, my one oldest sister and I, we are Irish twins. We're literally 13 months apart. It's like my whole life up until I was like six, seven years old, I mean, I don't have any memories of this, but it's all in like home videos and things like that. I never had my own birthday. My sister and I would do our birthdays together. Like I never had, like I just never had any of my own things. And I always wanted to have like free time. I'm also highly sensitive. So always having to be around other people, like it just wasn't beneficial for me as a person. And I never had a choice. I just always felt like trapped in my own life um, living at home. So when I moved to New York City and I had my own space, I felt like I could finally breathe just because I'm somebody who needs to have my own sanctuary and my own space. All right. Somebody asked, do you feel like you will have a strict diet forever? My nine-year-old nephew has Lyme and mold. I'm a little bit confused by this question because I don't feel like I have a strict diet. Maybe they're assuming because I'm plant-based that I have a strict diet, but I personally don't feel restricted in my diet at all. I love everything that I eat. I don't eat this way because I have to eat this way. I choose to be plant-based. It works best for me and my body. None of this has to do with Lyme and mold. I had a much stricter diet when I was healing from Lyme and mold, but no, I, I don't feel strict in my diet at all. And honestly, I'm a creature of habit. I eat like pretty much the same thing every single day. For breakfast, I like to have two bananas and a latte. For lunch, I have avocado toast. And then for dinner, it kind of varies. Whatever I want to have. Usually dinner is like up in the air. But literally breakfast and lunch is almost the same every single day because I love it that much. 
Do you believe that we also agreed to heal our family members? No, I don't believe that we are here on earth to heal our family members. I believe that we are here on earth to heal our own pasts and wounds. And many times our family members, we have karmic ties or contracts with that we chose to come back to assist in our ascension and journeys here on earth. But it's not anybody's jobs to heal their families because we can't heal other people. We can't control other people. We can only control ourselves through healing ourselves. We can assist in healing generational trauma. And we can release that generational trauma from continuing on. When you do your own inner work and heal those wounds, you heal seven generations in front of you and seven generations behind you. But you can't heal your family members. No, I don't believe you can heal your family members at all. What would you say were the top three things that helped you climb out of the chronic illness hole? I believe I've said this before, but it's two things. Trauma healing and gut healing. So... Personally, when I switched from doing physical modalities, and it's funny because I have a client who is switching now because she's been on this chronic illness healing journey and it's like extended much longer than mine was because we were healing at the same time initially. And she was like, Kirby, why did you heal so fast? And I am still here. And I was like, well, because you're not doing the trauma healing. You're not healing the wounds in your shadow. Like, honestly... The trauma healing was 80%. When I switched over from doing any physical type of healing to doing emotional trauma healing and the shadow work, literally the exact same stuff that I'm doing now is the same stuff that I started doing back then. That's when I saw my physical body skyrocket because when you heal the emotional body, your physical body follows. Because ultimately, the way you can disagree if you want, but this is with my experience as well as what I've learned from source, it could be any illness that you get, okay? So it, will, it is much harder to heal the physical body when you're focusing on healing the physical body. But when you heal the emotional body, those wounds are no longer circulating within your physical body. So there's no more traumas and places for disease, for disease to thrive in the body. And so your physical body heals as a result of it. When you try and heal the physical body, you can heal the physical body, but any type of illness is always going to come back because if you are still not tapping into the emotional traumas and wounds that you're holding, they're still circulating within your body and will cause the physical body to have more illnesses because the deeper rooted issues, which is traumas that you're holding, are not the ones that are being taken care of. And that's personally why I understand and believe, like say somebody has breast cancer, they overcome breast cancer, and then breast cancer comes back. Well, they may have physically worked through to do the healing with breast cancer, but if they've never worked through any emotional traumas that they're holding within their body, the breast cancer is going to come back. And it's not just breast cancer, it could be any type of cancer. It could be any type of anything. That's why it ultimately doesn't matter what disease you get. In my case, it was Lyme disease and mold poisoning. But that's because my body had so much trauma. You all just don't even understand the amount of trauma that I had been carrying. My body had so much trauma within it that it's like it's all energy. And it's the trauma is low vibrational energy that's just circulating, circulating, circulating. And if you don't release it out, it has nowhere to go. So it just will manifest into any disease that comes your way. The worst case of it is ultimately getting cancer. But... 
it could show up as anything. It's even, that's why they say high stress equivalates a lower immune system. I mean, this isn't anything that's coming out of nowhere. High stress equaling a lower immune system really shows that when you're living a stressful, anxious, you know, angry or nerve-wracking life, those are emotions, your immune system is compromised. We know that, and that could just be where it's showing up here, but deeper-rooted traumas from your past, from your childhood, from past lives, from generations that are still harboring within your DNA, if you don't work through and tap into any of those, your physical body is going to reap the benefits of it. I mean, they're not benefits, it's illness, it's disease. So... 80% of my healing, this is why I healed so fast. And that's so many people say this to me all the time. Like, how did you heal so fast? Trauma healing. And guess what? I showed up every single day. It was awful. I would be crying. I would be ripping the emotional wounds open. It was so awful. But I realized that by showing up that way, that even though it felt so awful in the moment, I would feel a sliver better. And so I was like, I'm going to do it this again tomorrow. And mine was breath work and the subconscious journeys. That's everything that's in my membership. Like literally, I would do those every single day and I would open up the wounds every single day. And people have told me, they were like, Kirby, people do not do that because it is so uncomfortable to put yourself through that. And I was like, I know they don't. I finally found something that made me feel a sliver better. And so I was gonna show up and do that And so I stopped doing any physical healing stuff and focused on the emotional and trauma healing. And that is what healed my body. Simultaneous with that, the the other 20% I would say is gut cleansing. So I would still do coffee enemas and I was doing the parasite cleansing. But I will tell you that as I did more emotional clearing, there would be more things that would be releasing out of my gut. And so basically it would be like plucking the toxins out, but it took me doing it simultaneous with emotional healing because as I would have these huge emotional breakthroughs, then I would pass these huge parasites or do these gut cleanses that would clear my gut and it's more would be released as I healed more emotional wounds. So there is a deep connection there of your body's holding on to and harboring these toxins. So flushing them out of the system while you're flushing and working through the emotional pains will allow you to heal in a much faster way. And I have a coffee enemas guide available. I recommend that everybody who does coffee enemas, I that would be my favorite thing ever. If I could get everybody doing shadow work, breath work, and coffee enemas, like, oh my gosh, the world would be a much bigger place. And you might be like, oh my God, coffee enemas, ugh. Literally, enemas go back all the way until Egyptian times. It was so normal, even in Ayurvedic and India. Like, it is so normal. That is so normal to do enemas. But in our Western world, we've made this like fear around doing it. I promise you, they will make you feel so much better. I have an entire um, guide on it if you're interested in it. I recommend everyone does and learns how to do them. I still do them two times a week. I used to do them daily. I did them daily for like eight months and I loved them. They were the only thing that helped me get rid of my anxiety and I have never had anxiety since. But I also did do emotional healing simultaneous with that and I'm now living in my dharma. Okay, this podcast is super, super long. So I'm going to round this out here. I 
I hope that I answered all of your questions. I'll do another one of these probably in six months. I don't know. I have a lot of podcast episodes to catch up on, but I hope that this gave you a lot more information about me. Maybe it liked it made you like me more. Maybe it made you like me less. I don't really know. I can't show up based off of what you want out of me. My job is to show up who I am. I hope that you can see that and understand that and I don't know, want to continue to learn more about who I am and learn from me and learn from all the things, I don't know, in this world. So I will let you all go here. Don't forget if you want to start your own shadow work, you can use code podcast111 to get your first month free. Rate and review the show. It really supports it. I love and appreciate you all. We've got the new moon Reiki tonight. So you can go ahead and sign up for that if you haven't seen that before. If you want, you can get $5 off using the code NEWMOON2021. You can get $5 off if you still want to join in for that. Uh, If you want to access the recording, if you're not listening to this on the day of the Reiki, you can get that $5 off even if you want to access the recording because I do allow, keep the recording up for you there. Um, also you can check below, but I now have a service where you can be a part of my text community where I'm sending out just motivational things and, and updates and information and having a deeper connection with my community. So I'll leave my number below where you can become a part of my text community, which makes me really excited to continue growing and evolving these connections. So all of that will be in the description bar below. Appreciate you all. I love you all. Do random acts of kindness. Show up in your authenticity, in your integrity, as the person that you are, unapologetically. Let's help raise the consciousness and change this world. I will see you all next week on Motivational Monday.